Welcome to this week's Selk Grassroots Podcast, all around the leagues, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get Down to Play today, the UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the Barnet Sunday League portion of the Celt podcast. In our Premier Division, the only game, our game of the week, Atletico Cerezo 5, Gower All-Stars 3. I actually went for a tight 2-1 win for Gower. But another good result for Atletico Cerezo. I thought they'd struggle this season, um, obviously being new and having a lot of players from a team that were in Division 2. But they've done really well this season. And this is a very good result for them over Gower, who did start the season very well. But they've fallen down, much like last season, where they were towards the bottom of the table. And a very good result there for Atletico Cerezo. Moving on to Division 1 now. Peckersborn nil, Highgate Albion Reserves one, AFC Rose one, Enfield United one in the local derby. Uh, good start for us. Uh, we took the lead, very well deserved. Um, we were the better side through much of the first half, probably 80% of the first half. Um, second half, we started off slow. Uh, we were very sloppy. Uh, we let them grow into the game. They got the equaliser. Um, and then we kind of woke up, but at the end we didn't put enough pressure on their goal to, you know, get a winner um, that we thought we probably did deserve. But, you know, it's a point and we'll have to end up taking it. And uh, in our game of the week, Kadaris Town 3, London Wednesday 5. I knew this would be a high scoring game. I actually went for a 3 all draw. Kadaris Town, we call them every week, the Sivs of the Barnet League because they're always involved in high scoring games and this is another example London Wednesday score a hat load of goals I think they've already scored 50 goals in the league this season and that's moving up from Division 6 to Division 1 um, so that's talking about how good their team is how good their attack is and uh, a very good result for London Wednesday they're starting to pull away at the top of the table obviously You've got Highgate Albion Reserves who have played a few games less than them. And I think if Highgate Albion Reserves win them games in hand, they'll actually go above London Wednesday. But a nice good result for London Wednesday. They're looking really good for at least a top two finish there. Into Division 2 now. Locomotive Thunder 2, AFC Oakwood Reserves 7, North London Athletic 4, Grange Park 3. Into Division 3, London Orient 3. 3, Shentry Athletic 3, Sopranos FC 1, Whetstone Wanderers Old Boys 4, into Division 4, NLR 2, Highgate Albion 3rd 6, Barnet Salsa 2, Rutherford Cozzy 2, and Maida Via 5, Honest Rangers 1, into Division 5, Fireside FC 1, South Tottenham United 2, EC Galaxy 10, Northwest Galacticos 4, Talflick 9, Roven Reporters 2, and Cock Fosters 4, New Copper 3, into Division 6, Northwest Wolves 2, North Atletico 9, Chifchown Berbers 1, Enfield Albion 5, Edmonton Rovers 5, Cody Hatch Athletic 7, New Barnet 1, Armenian Youth Association 4, 
and AFC Muswell Hill seconds four, Highgate Albion fourth five. Into the cup action in the Roger Jones Senior Challenge Cup, Takers four, Whetstone Wanderers under 23s one. In the Barnet Sunday Football League Premier Cup, Membership Galata seven, Hornsey and Highgate three. That's a rugby score. Zaza four, Alexandra Knights three, Park Rolls three, the Wrongans one. Into the Intermediate Cup, AFC Edmonton nil, Trent Park four. Into the Junior Cup, Camden FC nil, North London Colts seven, and AFC Muswell Hill three, FC Cricklewood one. Into the Cup action. In London's Veterans Cup, Anatolians 3, FC Shepherds Bush, Old Stars 0. And into the London Challenge Cup, Beatty's squad 3, AFC Oakwood 1. I did predict a Beatty's squad win. I went for 2-1. Um, unfortunately for Oakwood, they bow out a decent run. They knocked off Kumasi Strikers. So that was a very impressive result for them. Also a big result in South London against Southwest Rangers. So they can be very proud of themselves, bowing out to a very tough Beatty squad, who I can see going a long way in this London Challenge Cup. And Trubs and Spore UK 3, Hatcham 2. Against many others, I did go for a Trubs and Spore win here. I went for a 1-0 win. They were doubted by many, I think, on one side, one one page, which we will not, will not name. They were only given a 13% chance of winning this game. And they managed to pull it off. I went for a 1-0 win. I went for a tight game. It looks like it was a very entertaining game. Very, very well done to Trubson's Boy UK. They've been defying the odds all season. And this is another result. Hatcham have not lost in the league. They've won every game in the Orpington League this season. And a lot of teams won't want to come to North London and play Trubs and Sport. Especially after this result. They did beat Bickley. They have beaten Highgate Albion twice already. So, Trubs and Sport go marching on. We're going to move on now to the results. Uh, sorry, the fixtures. In our Premier Division, one game again this week. Uh, it's our game of the week. It's Highgate Albion taking on the Wrongans. I'm going to go for a 4-1 win for Highgate Albion. Into Division 1 now. Highgate Albion Reserves take on United House. London Wednesday take on AC Finchley. Gospel Oak face North London, no, Northumberland Park Rangers. And in my game of the week, Kadaris Town take on Peckinspore. Two teams uh, having very, very um, small losses. Very tight losses this week. I'm going to go for a 3-2 win for Kadaris Town. I think they'll score a few goals and they'll let in a few goals, but I think they'll score more than Peckinspore. That was a bit of a Mike Warren re reference there. But, yeah, I've gone for a 3-2 win for Kadara's Town. Into Division 2, Grange Park take on Mill Hill Club to Football. Anatolians face Locomotive Thunder. And AFC Oakwood Reserves take on AFC Edmonton. Into Division 3, just the one game. Underdogs face AFC Muswell Hill. Into Division 4, Gower Phoenix take on Arnest Rangers. Camden FC take on Intermill Hill. Maida Villa face FC Cricklewood. And into Division 5, where we have the solitary game. It's Roman Reporters taking on South Tottenham United. 
into Division 6. Armenian Youth Association take on Highgate Albion Force. And Enfield Albion take on Coney Hatch Athletic. Into the Cup action now. It's Roger Jones Senior Challenge Cup. AFC Muzzle Hill Seconds take on Alexandra Knights. Atletico Cerezo take on Park Royals. The Bandits take on North London Colts. Trabs and Spore UK take on Continental. AFC Oakwood face Sopranos FC. North London Athletic take on Gower All Stars. Panda FC take on Heavy Hitters. Real Menza take on New Copper. Westbourne United face Shentry Athletic. Zaza take on Hornsey and Highgate. And into the Intermediate Cup. Whetstone Wanderers take on Enfield United. And in the Junior Cup. Brotherhood Cozzy take on Highgate Albion Thirds. Barnet Salsa take on Whetstone Wanderers Old Boys. And North London Reds NLR take on London Orient. And into the Barnet Sunday Football League Shield. Edmonton Rovers take on Northwest Galacticos. New Barnet take on Talflick. Northwest Wolves take on Chow and Berbers. Cockfosters take on Fireside. And EC Galaxy face North Athletico. Join us next week where we'll result, re- review the results as well as giving you a mid-season roundup. Welcome to the Maidstone and Mid-Kent Sunday Football League section of the Selk Podcast with myself, Simon Finnegan. This week, I'll be bringing you up to date with the fixtures from the 5th of December as well as the 12th due to no recording from us last week. So we have a double week which is good timing as the rain hit the fixtures hard this weekend. So let's get started with the 5th of December and in the Premier Division, East Morley met Rubicon Limerick for the second week in a row and this time they were 11-1 home winners. The Rubicon cause not being helped by a red card for Luke Saunders. A hat-trick for Daniel Brand, a brace each for both Lee Fincham and Zaid Garley, as well as goals from George Sibley, Jack Hislop, Joe Draper and Tom Bray sealed the win. Callum Lambert with the goal for Rubicon. Elsewhere, the goals of Tommy Whitnall again helped Aylesford to a 4-0 victory away at White Horse. Two for Whitnall and a goal each for Dan Packman and Joshua Collier, giving Aylesford the victory. In Division 1, Laybourne Angels were winners by the odd goal in seven away to Yielding and Ladenford. Score is not known for Yielding, but Laybourne had a brace from Harry Nelson and a goal apiece from Josh Blackaby and Thomas Richards to thank for the victory. There was a Laybourne derby in Division 2 which saw bragging rights going to Laybourne and not Chase. Goals from Jamie Sherlock, Aaron Haffenden and James Lana sealing the victory and a clean sheet. A Thomas Budd brace, Harry Harding and Ben Shields goals gave Vinters a 4-2 win at home to Invicta Sunday. Oliver Aston and James Marshall on the score sheet for Invicta but not to be and it's Vinters that take the three points. Over in Division 3, Kent Sands United opened up a gap between them and Len Valley by beating Valley 6-2 at home. Reese Palmer, Callum Hatcher, Kevin Ives and Ryan Lovejoy all on the score sheet and Adam Welch with two. Scores for Len Valley not known. The final league match saw Whitehorse Jaguars 4-1 away winners at Leybourne City. A Dominic Archer pair and goals from Karam Lee and Owen Raymond sealing the victory and a scorer for Labour not known. There were two games in the President's Cup, 
both involving the Barmin clubs with one in each group. It was mixed fortunes for them with Barmin Blues progressing to the next round with a comprehensive 10-1 home victory over Sutton Valence. Two goals each from Troy Smith and Kate Vans among the scorers and putting them through. For Barming Youth, they fell to a 5-2 defeat at Maidstone Tempest. A Hussein Altahir hat-trick helping to put Tempest through along with a Samuel Broadmoor goal and an own goal. Ben Daly and Lewis Sharp with the youth goals. Now, onto this weekend just gone, the 12th of December, and only five games survived the rain. The first of the league action was a Division 1 clash between Laybourne Angels and Barming Blues. The points shared here in a goalless draw, leaving Laybourne Angels still in second place. In Division 3, two games took place and Parkwood Jupiters recorded a home win over Yalding and Laddingford Reserves. Jupiters winning by the odd goal in five and Tyler Rose with two and Carl Greenslade gave them their third. Mark Faulkner and Christian Trend with the Yalding goals. Whitehorse Jaguars hit three for no reply at home to Walnut Wanderers. Scorers not known from this game. In the County Cup, Aylesford progressed to the next round of the Kent Sunday Premier Cup after winning 8-1 at home to Rubicon Limerick. Dominic Whitnall getting five as the real standout here. Park Royal Reserves go out of the Kent Sunday Junior Trophy, losing to Fox Sunday of Ashford 5-1. Alfie Crickmore with the goal for Park Royal. Now, as we've suffered this weekend with the weather, we have an interview with a league stalwart and someone well-known around the Maidstone football scene, from playing and refereeing, as Steve Taylor caught up with Mick Terry. I'm catching up with Mick Terry, who is the current vice-chairman of the Maidstone and Mid-Kent Sunday League. But Mick, you come from a long historical family of, of, of set-up football in Maidstone, and obviously I've, I've known you for some time, so I know I've sat at many games with your dad, and I know your dad, Derek, set up the Maidstone Primary League uh, way back when. Do you want to tell us a little bit how we set that up and how obviously it affected you you and your two brothers? I think you all played a bit of football at some time. And I remember when I first started playing for Senec United at under-14s, carrying the goalposts from, I think it was your dad, or Mick Shirley's garage across across the Woolly Road down into the pitch and setting up and carrying them back at the end. So tell us about your memories of, of, of how that all started. Remember how it started? Well, obviously, uh, Dad and a few other people in Don't Ask Me How, Mick Shirley, Ken Williams, I think, Ernie Breen, they just obviously got together and set up the Primary League for the boys, um, under 14s as it was then. One division, probably about 72. And like everything, we all just started playing football from, from then. And then, obviously, it'll... it'll Grew as a club was with Sanaki United, Dad and Mick Shirley and quite a few other people set it all up. One stage here we had teams from under twelves, under fourteens, right up to adult teams playing in the Sunday League and what have you. Played a bit, only lo- only local, not that good. But yeah, uh, that was the, that was the start of football. I probably drifted away a bit. At fourteen, fifteen, but um, Dad carried on. He was secretary of Primary League, done a, run the minor league uh, representative thing. Never really got. He came along and watched the adult football as we all got older, but never really 
his, his side of it was always kids' football or youth football under 18s. Yeah, so you're obviously, uh, for people that don't know, you're one of three, the eldest of three boys. So there's yourself, um, Nick and Julian, or Nasher as he's known. And uh, there's probably always a bit of rivalry. So, you know, it's time to confess now who was the best player out of the three of you. I think I've got my opinion, but I'll let you <laughs> who go Who was the first. best player out of the three? Well, uh, it was obviously me. No, no, <laughs> no, it was obviously middle brother Nick. Yeah. Although it's like everything, he's... I was only ever mediocre player. I wanted, you know, just played local league, enjoyed it when I did play it. Nick went on to further things, better things, um, played at a good standard. And I suppose really, some some respects felt quite sorry for the younger, the youngest one, Julian, because every time he went to play football, it's going, oh, he's Nick's brother. He'd be, he, he, he'd be good. He, he, and I think he just people expected too much from him. Yeah, well, he, was, he still had his own, still played. Premier League in local, so. And you've all carried, uh, you know, you carried that through into to adult football. And I know uh, yourself that you managed a few Saturday and Sunday, uh, Saturday teams and Sunday teams. So you had a little spell with, I think, South Celtic and New Venture. and Yeah, done New Venture on Saturdays, um, which was an amalgamation of two teams, which was I was running Woodfield. Kev Green and them were running three ball. Both of us couldn't get a full team, so we went together. Lucky enough, Kev's brother sponsored us. But on the Sundays, South Celtic, um, very strange actually, because brother Nick played for South Celtic when he was younger. Um, and then my, one of my boys started playing football as a kid, and he joined South Celtic. Um, and very strange, really. Uh, I just got involved with them probably at about under 12. And stayed with them right through. We came into the Sunday, the Sunday League, Adult League. Came out the Under 18 Minor League. And they wanted to carry on playing, so I thought, all right, yeah, we'll take them into the Sunday League. Thought it'd be a bit of a rude awakening for them, really. But obviously got put in the bottom division. Won it by a mile. And then the, the League Committee at the time decided to bung us straight up in Division 1. That's when I think there was about five divisions. That's when they got their rude awakening, but managed to get on, carry on, and got into the Premier. Had a few seasons in there. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, and then um, not many people know that, but you, you also have done a bit of refereeing in your time. So you've done, uh, you've done a little bit on the minor league <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon when you've uh, you finished playing in the morning. So uh, how, did, how did that go for you? Refereeing? I don't know. <laughs> that, could, that, could, that could be a leading question, Steve. That could. Um, but you enjoyed uh, it, I, I enjoyed it. Basically, I took my referee's badge when I was running the kids' football because I got fed up with turning up and with my team and seeing people that were just blatantly cheating. I said I could do a better job. Um, but I took my test. And funny enough, it was, I think it was from what you're saying, Saturday League, it was Freddie Fitzpatrick said to me, why don't you referee Saturdays? I said, I'll oh, get that, Fred. I, you know, I need to. He said, have three games, and if you like it, have some more. And I've done three games, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. And, yeah, obviously I must have enjoyed it, because I stayed doing it until I got totally old. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're um, you're in a privileged position of vice-chairman of the league. This is your first season, I think, as vice-chairman. So you're seeing, obviously, the sort of admin side, side of things is it a bit of a... Are you surprised by the way some of the clubs are run or how well they run or...? 
it, it's like everything. You've got your, without naming names, you've got your, your clubs that are run excellently, your clubs that are just average, and then the ones that you think, oh my God. But you've had that all through football, Saturdays, kids football. You, you, you had your clubs that were impeccable, no, never get any fines. Then you have another club that used to keep the league going by the amount of fines they'd rack up. But that's just that's in any. I think that'd be in any 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 type of sport or any you know uh, association like that. You have got your good, your average, and and then your bad. But it takes them all. Same as it. If you didn't have your teams at the bottom bottom of the division, you wouldn't have your teams at the top because they wouldn't have no one to play. So yeah, exactly right, exactly right. So. Um... I've got some fond memories of your dad as well. I'm playing, let's say, playing with him when I was 14, and, and more recently taking him to to Tunbridge as part of the when I was on the Express Cabs League. I remember sitting up in the in the commentary box all day with him talking about football. Not not so much long ago. So without those people, you know, getting the leagues up and running all those years ago, we wouldn't be where we are. So you come from a, a great stock of footballing. Family and uh, you know, on behalf of everyone from from Mason, obviously we'd like to thank all the people that set up the leagues years ago that are, are no longer here, and I'm sure we'd be raising a glass to them this Christmas yeah. and, and wishing everyone and all their families well. Yeah, oh yeah, and saying so, it, it wasn't just him. There's other people that have served committees, served leagues, set them up. You know what I mean? It's just he was there at the time when the primary league started. That was all. But yep, there's, lot, there's a lot of people work behind the scenes that. Some clubs need to take note of and realise that without them doing their bit, they wouldn't have a game on the Saturday or a game on the Sunday. And certainly don't miss uh, carrying them crossbars and the goalposts <laughs> down Woolly Road and across onto that pitch and back at the end of the game. That was hard work that when was, you were 14. That was, <laughs> that was hard work, when you, as you say, when you was only in there putting it to take the four of you to carry the crossbar over, yeah. Back, but, in, back in the garage for the following Sunday. Yeah, anyway, uh, good, good memories, Mick. Nice to yeah. catch up with you and uh, all the best. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Steve and Mick for that interview and an insight into Mick's history with it being involved in the league and Maidstone football in general. Now we look ahead to the final weekend's fixtures of 2021 for the league. And it's a mixture of league and cup action with the league's Challenge Cup taking centre stage again for the final weekend of, this, of the year. League action first and there's one tie in the Premier Division where Rubicon Limerick face Park Royal. In Division 1, Langley Athletic take on Yielding and Ladinford. Division 2 sees two games. Invicta Rangers face Coxheath and Farley, whilst Laybourne Chase are at home to Snodland Town. Division 3, we've got three fixtures. We've got Maystone Kessels at home to Maystone Tempest. Walnut Wanderers travel to Parkwood Jupiters. And Yielding and Lanningford Reserves take on Whitehorse Jaguars. Now moving on to the Challenge Cup and we've got some great looking ties on paper for this weekend. The first up is Aylesford versus East Morning Sunday. It will be a great precursor for how the league may pan out for the rest of this season. Barming Blues face Marden Miners. Cross Keys are at home to Sutton Valence Athletic. East Morning Reserves take on White Horse of the Premier Division. IGS are at home to Laybourne City. Len Valley face Laybourne. Laybourne Angels are at home to Barming Youth. Invicta Sunday travel to Minter. 
And then we have one team in County Cup action as Vinters travel to Royal Oak of Tunbridge Wells. That's it for this week. Let's hope that the weather is kind for this weekend for a nice bumper weekend of football. And I look forward to bringing the results next week. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to the segment for the North Kent Sunday Football League. This week we have fixtures in the Kent Sunday trophies. We also have our internal league trophy and league games in the senior division down to division five. So plenty of fixtures for us to get through. So we'll start with the Kent Sunday Junior Cup. Um, our representatives, Swanscombe Tigers Reserves, went up against Crockenhill Sundays and Crockenhill Sundays won that match two goals to one. In the Kent Sunday Junior Trophy, our representative Crayford Town went out to Kingsdale FC after they were defeated 3-2 after extra time. And Hollisters were due to play Woosh United, but this game was postponed. Into the North Kent Sunday Football League Cup now, and we're in the Ian Kerwood Cup Round 3, where there is a big upset on the cards, which I will get to shortly. Rao Gima beat Robin's Nest 11-0. Black Lion Hartley and Nuevo Club was postponed. The Rising Eagles beat Pelham Dolphins 3-2. Riverview United beat Sean Hyam 3-2. Grand Sport Greenways beat the Rose Athletic 6-2. New Ash Green beat AFC Bexley 3-2. Six Bells and Darth Eagles was postponed. But the big upset on the cards this week came from the Division 5's league leaders, the Queen, who went up against Division 1 Ye Old Leather Bottle. And the Queen have come away as 1-0 winners away from home, knocking out the Division 1 club. So a massive upset on the cards there, as the Queen make it through into Round 4 along with the other winners. Into the John Robinson League Cup A Round 2, Guru Nanak beat Halls Athletic 3-2. And into the leagues now. In the senior division, AFC Oddfellows and Marley Royals was postponed. Gravesend United beat Valley Rovers 6-1 in Division 2. In Division 3, Gravesend Cricketers beat AFC Bells 6-1. Cobham beat Grunanak Reserves a whopping 16-0. And Springhead Park beat Ridgeway Darts 3-2. In Division 4, South Downham United and AFC Phoenix played out a 2-2 draw while Swanley beat Taverners 4-2 away from home. And the only fixture in Division 5 this week was won by Gurunanak A, who beat Daft Athletic 5-1. That brings an end to the fixtures that were played on the 12th of December in the North Kent Sunday Football League, and I'll be back next week for more news, update and results. Thanks very much. Welcome to the Wopper Sunday League podcast, for games played on Sunday the 12th of December. In the Hertfordshire FA Junior Cup fourth round, Woodside's County Cup adventure continued with yet another impressive performance, this time a 3-0 away victory over Stevenage-based Atletico 99, a win which puts them into the last eight. Even with several players missing, Woodside soon went ahead when Joe Fox cut in from the right, hit his effort 
giving the homekeeper no chance. Jack Robertson then doubled the lead, slotting home after a neat passing move. The result was sealed in the second half when Jamie Seabrook up from the back scored. Woodside will now face either unpredictable FC or Almond Tree, whose tie was abandoned on Sunday in the quarter-final in January. In the Eric Hand Challenge Cup third round, the all-second division tie saw Hertfordshire Eagles beat Forza Watford 3-1. All the goals came in the second half, with Glen O'Malley giving Eagles the lead before Forza equalised with 10 minutes left, thanks to a goal from Greg Bishop. The game looked to be heading for a penalty shootout until O'Malley scored his second of the game with an unstoppable effort, and then two minutes with two minutes left, Jaunty Beer Allen sealed the win. In the Premier Division, leaders Old Falarians faced their toughest game of the season as they came back from 2-0 down to beat Oakview 3-2. The win gives Falarians a three-point three lead at the top of the table. Oakview looked to be on course for an easy win as they raced into a two-goal lead into the first half. <coughs> the first from a header, back to the keeper that was too short, and Luke Lloyd nicked the ball past him. The second came when a ball through the middle beat the defence, and Owen Ayres just got onto it to steer the ball home. Valerians pulled one back just before half-time, when Jake Entwistle found Charlie Haley to the left side of the box and he beat the keeper into the far corner. Oakview missed two good chances to put the game beyond Falarians before Ricardo Manfredni grabbed the equaliser. Charlie Haley crossed in from the left to Ryan Woosley who found him to fire home from eight yards. Charlie Haley then completed the turnaround winning the ball back on the left corner of the box, his shot hit the bar, came down at the far post hit and hit the post before crossing the line. In Division 1, Cheshire United are now up into second place after a second win on the bounce, this time 1-0 over WDFC. Cheshire's good form this season has been built around a strong defence and they have conceded the fewest goals in the division so far, just nine, whilst they've actually scored just 14 goals, the second lowest in the division. And indeed, Soccer, who are second from bottom, have only scored fewer goals. WD had the better of the first half, hitting the post twice, but Chess defended well and scored a deserved goal from a free kick when Ben Bouja whipped in a free kick which was met by Ali Shaw to net the winner. Casterbury Rangers' 5-0 win over bottom place Ricky AFC leaves them fourth, in fourth place in the table, tucked in nicely behind the leaders, four points behind leaders Abbots Langley Club with two games in hand. They had a dream start when, with only 45 seconds on the clock, 
Sam Mortimer, making his first appearance of the season due to injury, crossed in for Nathan Page, who killed the ball dead and then took the ball past his full-back from the edge of the box, rifling a left-footed effort into the near post, giving the Ricky keeper no chance. Rangers missed several good chances and had to wait until right on the stroke of half-time for a second goal, when Daryl Hennessy's corner was swung into John Birch, who headed home into the roof of the net from eight yards. In the second half, Casterbury made it three, when a four, poor goal kick fell straight to Aidan Leslie, who took the ball down on halfway and carried well, driving forward and sliding through Joe Mortimer, who went through on goal and slid the ball past the keeper. It was a similar style of goal for the fourth also, when John Birch this time became provider, sliding Nathan Page into the left-inside channel, who was able to put his shot at the angle into the bottom right corner. Rangers completed the scoring with a goal starting from Zach Green in their goal who played the ball out to the right wing, which was dummied by Jamie McDougall, allowing Jake Clark to drive onto the byline with the ball and lay off for the supporting McDougall, who put in a perfect cross to Joe Mortimer, who bagged his second goal of the game with nothing more than a glance of the ball into the bottom left corner. In Division 2, Watford Town were beaten by St Mary's Harefield for the second week running. This time it was a far closer affair than the 5-0 defeat in the uh, Eric Hand Challenge Cup seven days before. This time it was an 11-goal thriller as they lost out 6-5 and a chance to gain ground on Leeds Woodside. Chris Blunden scored four to take his tally to the season to 27 with Jack McKenzie also netting. But Craig Matheson and Cole Swan both scored hat-tricks for St Mary's and that was enough to give them the three points. Dombar also scored six goals as they easily defeated West Hart 6-0. Adam Finn netted a double with Ben Kelly, Steve Noonan, Noel McCallin and Chris Dunn all finding the net. Freud Thompson scored both of the Sparta Phoenix goals as they beat Shelfon Saints 2-1 with Tom Mack netting the Saints' single reply. In Division 3, leaders BBFC dropped points for the first time this season as they were held to a 2-2 draw by King George. James Barnett and Alfie Dibble scoring for the home side with Ryan Weiss and Costa Evangelides replying for King George. Southern Cross ended Batchworth's two-game winning run with a narrow 1-0 narrow win, Raph Martins with a vital goal. At the other end of the table, two of the bottom sides, Rio Rovers and Inter, enjoyed high-scoring away wins. Rio beat Francis George 5-3 for a third victory of the campaign, Tom Minton scored a hat-trick for Francis George, but that was not enough to stop Rovers 
for whom Stuart Melson, Pat Dunton, Matt Henderson and Mitchell Estep and Aaron Crawford all scored. Inter beat bottom place Wishingwell, Watford, 6-2. Martin Connor netted a double for the home side, but James Oldham replied with a hat-trick for Inter, backed up by goals for, by Lawrence Brown, Gabriel Cassandre and Daniel Dishu. That's it for this week's podcast from the Watford Sunday League. We'll be back with more for you next week. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.